Okay, Psalm 126 in the Bible. Verse 1, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was their mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And then one verse of the next psalm, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. Let us pray. Our Father, as we bow in your presence, I thank you for the Word of God and for another opportunity that we have to come together and to study your Word. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God would teach us tonight the truth that we need to know that we may better serve you. And Lord, we need your touch tonight. We need your power. God, open our hearts, I pray, and speak to us the Word of God. May I just be an instrument in your hands, and I pray you minister the need of each one that's gathered here this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I want to talk to you tonight on building the house of God. He said here, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. How to build a church. You know you can build a church without God. Really? Or maybe you can build a building, you can build a congregation. It's being done all, all across the country and around the world. People building churches, so to speak. But I wonder how much God's building. The Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock, he said, Thou art Peter. And, and upon this rock, he's not talking about on Peter, but on Christ. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now the Lord builds His church. He uses human instruments to accomplish His purpose, but if a church is ever built, then God will have to build it. And he, he, if He builds it, then it belongs to Him, right? I, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if one is built without the Lord, it can go down about as fast as it goes up. I've seen that happen uh, in different cases. But if God builds it, then it is built strong and secure. In Acts 2.47, the Bible said, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You see, it was the Lord that added to that first church. He built the church. He added to the church, and he added to it daily. Then in our text here in Psalm 127, 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Now, how is the house of God built? Well, first of all, it involves work. Now, no church can grow, really, without work. And we, uh, 
Uh, we don't like to work too much, do we? We're studying in, uh, in Romans 12 in our adult two Sunday school class. And one of the statements there talking about our relationship to fellow Christians and, and to those that are without Christ. But he says there to not be slothful in business. And the primary meaning of that scripture is the business of God. We certainly ought to conduct our affairs above board in, in the world of business, the business world. But he has in mind the work of God. And I believe that the majority of church members are slothful in the business of God, in the work of God. I mean, uh, we really don't give it our best. And we ought to do that. We ought to give our best to God. And I see anything and everything sometimes taking priority over the things of God, and it ought not to do it. It ought not to do it. We ought not to be slothful in the work of God. And if many of the, uh, the factories and places of business were operated uh, like the church is operated, then, uh, uh, then they wouldn't be very successful. But it involves work, plain out work to build a church. It involves work. We have an illustration of this in the book of Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah saw the, his city, much of it in ruins. He saw the walls broken down, and, and he gets a burden for it. And there God sends him back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and rebuild the wall. And he requests permission of the king to go back and rebuild the city. And he has many adversaries there that he has to contend with. You know, if you do anything for God, you're going to have opposition. That's going to, as long as the devil's loose, he's going to see that you have opposition. He's going to oppose anything that we try to do for God. And they oppose Nehemiah there. But in Nehemiah 4.6, it says, So we built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together, under the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Now God gave them, gave them success. But the reason they were successful is because the people was willing to work. And, and uh, sometimes our churches do not grow because we're not willing to put the effort in. We're not willing to be used of God. God wants to use us, but it involves work. And we, when it comes to the work of God, sometimes we're lazy. Uh, that's uh, about as kind as I can say it. Uh, we're just plain out lazy. And uh, uh, we just don't want to, we don't want to do anything that involves some sacrifice and involves uh, hard work. And those people, the Nehemiah, when he went there and they started building that wall, he said, we finished it because the people had a mind to work. They're willing to sacrifice and pay the price in order to see uh, the wall built there. And Nehemiah 6, verse 15 and 16 says, so the wall was finished. 
in the twenty and fifth day of the month Elul, in the in fifty and two days. Now what an accomplishment. And it came to pass that when all their enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were round about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. You see, they they seen what was accomplished. And they said nobody could do that but God. Nobody could, uh, could accomplish this except the Lord. And you see who got the glory? They didn't get the glory, but God got the glory. But they were willing to work. They was willing to pay the price to see that the job was done. You know, they say that, uh, that in a church, usually a a hundred percent are in favor of the church uh, being successful. Two percent are willing to do all the work and 98 percent are willing to let them do it. Now that's a sad state of affairs. But you know it's a business of every child of God to be involved. There's a work for everybody to do. And we all to all be involved. And I want to say this and say it as kindly as I know how. Don't be critical about the growth and success of this church unless you're involved in doing something yourself. Until you get involved, until you're willing to put, put some legs on your prayers and, and work and labor and put some effort, then don't criticize those that are trying to do something. It's kind of like uh, I heard someone, I think it's Moody, that they, they went to him and, and, and they said, uh, we don't like the way you do things. He said, how do you do it? Oh, we don't do it. He said, well, I like my way better than yours. <laughs> Some people, they're critical of those that are trying to do something and they're not doing anything themselves. If you're not doing anything, you don't have any right to criticize anyone else. And I don't know that anybody's been doing that, but just in case you decide to. <laughs> and uh, we have no right unless we're involved. Now, if you've got a better way to do things than I'm doing it, then show me how to do it. Don't tell me how to do it. Show me how to do it. If your way works better than my way, I'll be glad to follow your way. But it involves work. The people had to mind to work. And the, they said this was wrong of God. God did this work. The people built the wall. God himself didn't personally come down and build the wall. The people built the wall. But God used the people. See, that's the thing. And we pray, and listen, I'm for prayer, and we ought to pray, and we don't pray nothing like we ought to pray. But there's more to it than praying. There's more to building the work of God than praying. And uh, we ought to pray, yes, and we're not being successful if we don't pray. But it's been said we need to put some legs on our prayers. Now, the Lord could send angels down here. He could come himself and knock on doors, but he's not going to do it. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. And this is what they did in Nehemiah's day. They built the wall. 
He had a mind to work, and God used him. Then it not involves work, but it involves the Word. 1 Corinthians 1, 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom you not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know something that bothers me today is churches, many churches, have forsaken the Word of God and they're building congregations apart from the Scripture. And they have this program going on and that program and they got ball teams. And, uh, uh, you know, they've got this program for the youth and that program for, every, for, for this group of people, and they're doing everything under the heaven except preaching the Word of God and trying to get people ready for heaven. But if God does the work, it'll be through His Word. Not that there's anything wrong necessarily with having a youth program and, and uh, things of that nature, not wrong within themselves or they're conducted right. But uh, the Word of God, God is chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And I heard Jack Hudson, I think it was, talk about churches that they had uh, cantatas and various things and, and, uh, and they, all these things uh, began to take the Word of God away, take the place of preaching. He said, don't let that happen. The preaching of the Word of God ought to be central in church and central in building the, the cause of Christ. That ought to be where the emphasis is at, is upon the Word of God, because tonight, if we don't have this book, we're wasting our time. We can come here and fiddle our fingers and have every program under the sun, but if we don't have the Word of God, we're wasting our time. It's this book, this word, and this is, this is the way the Lord has chosen. But uh, churches are getting away from it, and preachers are getting away from it. And they've gone to school, and they've, they've learned how to do it. And you can build it. You don't have to preach, you know. You can have hot dog suppers, you know, on and on. You can have all that. Uh, swallow goldfish years ago and where anyone's doing that now we have so many on Sunday I'll swallow goldfish have so many the next Sunday I'll preach on the roof <laughs> and on and on they seem to be no end to what men would go to to try to get a crowd Can't you see Jesus doing that? Jesus said, I'll tell you what, if you come out and hear me, I'll swallow some goldfish. You see the Lord Jesus doing that? They say, well, Jesus did. Jesus never done no such a thing. He never done that to get a crowd. You know what they're saying? That the end justifies the means. As long as the end is right, it doesn't matter uh, the means. It doesn't make any difference. Oh, yes, it does make a difference. Well, to do it God's way, and I determined a long, long time ago, there's not as much of that now as there used to be, but uh, uh, I determined a long time ago, if that's what it took to build a church, I'd never see a church built. I was pastor in Maiden for nine and a half years, 
And our church grew from about 25 to about 500 members, and I never swallowed any goldfish, and I never preached on the roof, and we never done none of those things. We just done exactly what I've been doing here. We had good singing and preaching and preached the Word of God and knocked on doors and tried to win souls, and God honored it. You say, well, why did it happen there and it hadn't happened here? That's a good question. I'd like someone to answer that for me. I'll tell you one reason it happened there. When we went out on visitation, we had 40 and 50 people out knocking on doors. Of course, we didn't have that many at first. But after a while, you, you knock on a whole lot of doors, you've got, you got 20, 20 couples going out, can't you? You can cover a lot of ground. We'd probably average 50 visitors every Sunday. And we had a lot of folks saved. A lot of people got saved. But we just, you know, the Word of God was preeminent. We just pre I just preached the Word of God. We taught the Word of God in Sunday school. And we just done it God's way. And it God will honor it. But that's the way it's to be done. The Word of God and hard work. But I want to tell you something. Preacher can't do it all. And there's no church ever been successful where the people depended on the preacher to do everything. Now you mark it down. This church will not be successful. No other church will be successful. If you just have a couple of people, three or four people, we had four out visitation Thursday night. Thank God for four including myself. Sometimes it's been nobody but the preacher. The devil says, why don't you quit? Ain't nobody cares about, nobody cares whether the church grows or not. Why don't you go home and quit yourself? Well, if I'd done what I, old flesh wanted me to do sometimes, that's what I'd do. But that's not what God called me to do. Listen, I have a responsibility to God. I have a responsibility to this church and this people. But my first responsibility is to God, and I've got to do what God wants me to do. If nobody else here does anything, I still have to do something. Now, why is it the Lord bothers me like that and he don't bother you? I'd say he probably does bother you. And probably... Because I don't think God uh, works, uh, uh, you know, he works on me one way and you some other way. There's a job to be done. It, ain't, it requires work. It requires getting the Word of God out. Listen, the Word of God will still do the job, but we have to get it out. We have to get it out. We've seen the Word of God do the job in some recent weeks. That Word of God will do the job if we'll be busy getting it out there. But we've got to have people to get it out. And we're not getting it out because we're slowful in business. We don't think the work of God is important enough to 
be involved in it. We've got to get all of our television watching in, see our favorite programs Thursday night. After all, we'd miss whatever comes on then. No way we can miss that. We'd have, we have to see that. Regardless, the world goes to hell. We, we've got to see what happens to so-and-so. You know. I mean, we've got to get the garden plowed. Or whatever. What, what is it? What is it that keeps you from doing what you know you ought to be doing for God? What is it? You say, I wish I'd have stayed home tonight. You'll, time I get through, you'll wish it worse. <laughs> I didn't mean to be mean tonight, really. I don't know why I'm this way. I'm just trying to do what God wants me to do. And I'm not mad at nobody. You want to see the church grow or not? Thirdly, witnessing. I've already been on this. Witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said in Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. He said after you get the Spirit of God, you'll have power to witness. And I believe that. And I'd rather witness when the power of God's on me to eat and when I'm hungry. <laughs> as much as me and Jerry likes to eat. Jerry and I, better get my English right. But anyway, there's nothing so wonderful than witnessing in the power of God. It's wonderful. You ought to be involved in it. And you're missing, you're, you're not only disobeying God if you're not doing it, but you're missing one of the greatest blessings in life. And nobody had to pump you up. You come in here on Sunday morning, you've been out there spreading the word of God. You've been out there telling the story of Jesus. You've been out there witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit. Won't have to sing, won't have to sing sing you into uh, the Spirit <laughs> or preach you into the Spirit. You be, you be high on the Spirit of God, so to speak, already. Now that's, that's how it's done. That's how the early church did it. That's what Jesus said. It's not my ideas about it. This is what the Lord said. In Acts 5, 42, and daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ they went to church every day and went witnessing every day. They went every house, house to house, telling the story. Telling the story. We've tried the telephone work, and thank God for that. Thank God for these ladies who've been faithful and stuck in the battle and been used of God, been willing to sacrifice yourself and your time and, and uh, take the abuse and whatever to tell the story and get the message of God's, of God's word out there to them. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we not only could just not 
telephone them and knock on every door. Knock on every door and tell them the story of Jesus Christ. What's doing it now, we'd need to the end of the millennium to do it. Witnessing to the power of the Holy Spirit, the success of the early church was because they had the power of God and they was willing to be used of God. Listen, it ain't enough just to say, well, I'll tell you one thing, I've got the power of God and sit around the house and never tell it. What good is it? I'm saved. I have the Holy Spirit. But we'll never share it. Yes, we're saved. We're going. But we need to influence. What if, what if everybody here tonight is saved because of the influence of some other Christian, right? You're saved through some preacher preached the Word of God to Somebody took you to church. Somebody invited you to the Lord or whatever. You may have been saved in the home, but you're saved because somebody was willing to be used of God. Good question to ask. What if that person did what I'm doing? Would you be saved? You think about it. Would you be saved to that person that was influential in your salvation if they did what you're doing? You know, we can have all our balls and apples in a row or whatever. We can believe everything right. We can have our doctrine right. We believe the King James Version of the Word of God, and I believe that with all my heart. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe everything straight. We got it all right. But if we're not getting that message out, how important is it? others. It's important to us what we believe, yes. But how important is that to others? That we're not getting the message out. I stand before the Lord and I say, Lord, I believe the Bible. I believe your birth, your birth. I believe your death on the cross. I believe it all. The Lord say, how many people did you tell about it? Oh, I didn't tell anybody. But I believed right. How do you think the Lord's going to view that? Tell you one thing, I had my doctrine straight. But we didn't tell anybody. The lifeblood of the church is witnessing. If you want to do it God's way, that's the way to do it. Now, there's other ways you can do it, you know. We could put in the paper, we're going to give everybody $100 that comes next Sunday. We couldn't get them in the house. I'll guarantee you. We probably wouldn't have to do that. Everybody that comes next Sunday, all the ladies get a pair of hose, you know. You couldn't get them in the building. A business, a business can start, and they'll advertise the first 200 that comes here gets a coffee mug. Huh. And 
First Citizens built their new building. I got me one of them mugs. <laughs> and I had to stand in line to get it. I mean, they were lined up to get it. They were giving flyers the way too. I know some folks got a flyer. I didn't get a flyer. Is that what the Lord said? Is that the way? That'd be easy, you know. I mean, after all, I guess if you bought a couple hundred, it probably wouldn't cost much. Fifty cents a piece, maybe. We'd spend a hundred dollars and have a house full. We wouldn't have to visit nobody. Wouldn't cost us nothing. I mean, we could take up, you know, a couple hundred dollars or whatever. Take up hundred dollars and offer it. Man, uh, yeah, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give five dollars. Get some coffee mugs. Sure, I'll do my part. Don't bother me. I'll give the money. Bring them in. Get these people in here. But i tell you one thing. I ain't going out Thursday night knocking on no doors. I'm not visiting nobody. I'll give you $5. You can do it. But I'm not going. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not talking to nobody. You see? We're not willing to pay the price of it. had a mind to work I told you it's going to get hot I'm gonna, but I, listen I'm going to say what God wants me to say if I never preach another sermon witnessing and the power of the Holy Spirit Ain't no bypassing that that's the way God said to do it you can do it. You don't need to do it God's way. I can give coffee mugs away or whatever. You can do it other ways. Now these folks are coming to sing. I believe they love God. And I don't believe they're singing just to get a crowd to come. I won't have a bunch of singers like that. I don't have any time to listen to them. I won't have any desire to have them here. Have no time to listen to a bunch of entertainers. And a lot of these professional singers, all they want to do is excite the flesh and entertain the flesh. And you can get a crowd. We put in the paper, put on the radio, put on our sign. We're going to heal all kinds of diseases. We want you to come. We've got this famous hill somewhere, you know. We're going to bring him in. Bring your sick and bring your pocketbook. We'll get the job done. You can get a crowd. You can pack them in. But God said, the way I want it done is witnessing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then fourthly, let me move along. we got to wait in faith. Boy, the waiting's hard, isn't it? The waiting is hard. I've waited for a long time to see God really do something around here. Thank God. I Listen, God has done some things, not what I'd want to see done. And sometimes we don't measure success the way God measures it. But when you see people saved, 
lots and lots of people saved. Then you you just see people saved now and then. I'll tell you, it's quite a quite a change. Been quite a quite a change for me over these years. And I've waited and I've waited and I've waited to see God do something. And you know something? I've got a little tired of waiting. I've got a little impatient. But the waiting. We expect instant success. Everything's instant. Instant coffee. Instant potatoes. I don't like instant potatoes like eating cardboard. I don't like, you know, instant. Everything's instant. And we we want instant success. We want instant blessings. But I'll tell you something. God's not in as big a hurry as we are. And Isaiah 40, 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. What did he say? They that wait upon the Lord. And God will never fail you if you'll be patient. They that wait upon the Lord. But you know something? I can wait forever. And you can wait forever. But if we don't do these other things I've talked about, ain't nothing, we ain't nothing to wait on. If we don't work and sow the seed and spread the word and witness in the power of God, if we don't do that, we they used to wait. We ain't waiting on nothing because we hadn't done nothing. So, well, I'm waiting for God to really do something in Maranatha Baptist Church. Forget it. It's like you go out, you go out and listen. If you don't plant nothing, <laughs> you can wait from now on. You ain't going to get nothing. If you go out and cultivate your ground, plant some potatoes, plant some corn, plant some beans and whatever, then you wait for the harvest, but you've got to plant. You've got to put something in the ground. Then you wait for the harvest, Right? You know it's right. I know it's right. It's tough, but it's good for us. So, we've got to be spreading the word. We've got to be planting some seed. Then when we do that, we wait. I've been planting some seed. Some others think God's been planting some seed. Cultivating some seed. Watering some seed. Waiting for the results. These ladies on these telephones have been planting some seed, sowing that seed, thank God, watering that seed. Now, well, I just believe God's going to do something yet. I just really, he, he's already done sin. And the ones that have been saved already, is he worth it all? Thank God, be worth it all. Keep one out of hell. Worth it all. All the stamps that have been uh, bought and all the hours and hours and hours that have been spent be worth it all keep one out of hell but the, there's going to be more than one say you mark it down 
God's going to honor that word. He promises that. My word will not return unto me void. That's what God said. Sent out, what, over 700 of those tracts with the plan of salvation in it. Tells about our church when we have service and a brief plan of salvation. Now, those people read that. Every one of them has been subjected to the word of God and how to be saved. And that word will not return void. Uh, it may not produce fruit the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year sometimes. But I'll guarantee you that word of God will do something. It will accomplish something somewhere down the line. Not everybody's going to be saved, but they could. The waiting and then the weeping. The weeping. Psalm 126 the last two verses, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Notice, he goes forth, he weeps, he bears the precious seed when he compassion. We need the power of God to have compassion. A preacher friend of mine, he said, I used to preach on hell, and I preached on it with the attitude that I was glad people was going to hell. But he said, one day God broke my heart. And he said, God isn't happy that people are going to hell. God's sad. And he said, it broke the heart of Jesus that people are going to hell. But he said, God broke my heart. And he said, when I preach on hell now, I preach on it with a broken and a contrite spirit. God's not happy. People are lost. And you know something? Lost people know They know if you really care. If you're just trying to get someone to sit in a pew, or if you really care, if you communicate love, and there's no better way to do that than with tears. We've forgotten how to cry many times. We've got sometimes ashamed to cry. But God himself wept. Jesus Christ wept over the city of Jerusalem because of their unbelief. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I remember my dear grandmother who's been in heaven for a long time. And I can remember standing back in the church as a teenager somewhat rebellious against God but have a revival meeting and in those days you know when the invitation was given people would come and talk to you There's people they'd get up and they'd they'd come talk to you I think sometimes they tried to drag you and pull you and 
to the altar sometimes, but my grandmother, she'd come to me and I'd think, well, she's going to come back here. I'm not going. She'd come, she'd put her arm around me and she'd start crying. I'll tell you, just, I couldn't take that. Broke my stubborn will and broke my heart. Brought me to repentance. Thank God for those influences upon my life in those days. Now, this is God's way, folks. We want the blessings, but we don't want to pay the price, do we? The work of God is just like it is work. We call it the work of God, and that's that's exactly what it is. It's the work of God. God does the work, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain to build. As I said, we could we could employ some methods to get a crowd, I guarantee you. We can get a crowd. It'll, I'm saying, I know it'll work. But the Bible says you build in vain. Build in vain. I'd rather have 30, 40 in Sunday school and do it God's way. I have three or 400 and not do it God's way. But we could have more than that. We could have a lot more than that if we get to work. But we can't do it with two or three or four on visitation. It's going to be slow. In fact, you have a certain amount of loss. People die. People move. People quit. And we have to grow just to keep from losing ground. <laughs> but that's not the important thing. The important thing is that we be used of God, that we be at God's disposal. The decision that God wants you to make tonight is to present yourself at God's disposal and say, Lord, I'm at your disposal. Whatever you want to do in my life, I'm willing. I'm willing to be used of God. I'm willing to be used in this church. I'm willing for God to use me to see this church do what God wants us to do. That's all God wants you to do is just be willing. Present yourself a living sacrifice and say, Lord, I'm at your disposal. Take me use me. Let's bow our heads.